This is the Bartender Journey Podcast. It's the Bartender Journey Podcast number 196. My name is Brian Vincent Weber. Thanks for listening. This is the podcast that talks all about bartending and cocktails and spirits. Well, this week on the podcast, we talked to David Eden Sangwell. He's from England and he has a podcast of his own called Bartender HQ. He works for a restaurant group and oversees the bar program for about 12 bars and restaurants. Uh, so we did a dueling podcast. David and I spoke for a long time. He picked out some bits to use on his podcast, and I picked out some parts uh, to use on our show here. Uh, but if you listen to his show, and I hope you do, Bartender HQ, uh, you may hear a little overlap. But uh, we'll, we'll talk. Anyway, we'll be talking to David in just a moment. First, let's do a book of the week. And it's the Flavor Bible, the essential guide to culinary creativity based on the wisdom of America's most imaginative chefs. So this is not uh, not strictly a cocktail book, um, but it's all about flavors and flavor profiles and uh, flavors that go with other flavors. So I, I find it very useful for creating cocktails. For instance, let's say you have to uh, create a cocktail for a cocktail competition or something or, or for your menu, and it has to have, let's say, kumquats in it. Well, we look up kumquats here, and it uh, gives you a list of, wow, must be like... 30 or 40 flavors that go well with kumquats. So uh, let's say uh, chutney goes well with kumquats. Uh, Cinnamon, coconut, cranberries, and uh, what else here? Uh, Ginger, lemon juice, lime juice, mangoes, orange papaya, pecans, pineapples, pomegranates, um, and uh, rum. So there you go. There's our cocktail of the week. All that stuff I just said. No, I'm just kidding. We'll do a different cocktail. Uh, but uh, this is our uh, book of the week, and uh, I think you'll find it really useful. In the very beginning here, it says flavor equals taste plus mouthfeel plus aroma and the X factor. The title here is learning to recognize the language of food. Um, so again, it says flavor equals taste plus mouthfeel plus aroma plus the X factor. So taste is what's perceived by the taste buds. Mouthfeel is what's perceived by the rest of the mouth. Aroma is what is perceived by the nose. And the X factor, what is perceived by other senses, plus the heart, mind, and spirit. So there you go. That's an interesting food for thought. So uh, like I said, this book may be aimed more at um, chefs, but I think I find it super helpful when I need to create a cocktail with uh, specific ingredients or even uh, just need inspiration for, you know, something uh, brand new. So I uh, think you'll enjoy it as well. We'll have a link to it up on uh, bartenderjourney.net on the posting that goes along with the show, number 196, and you'll see... uh, yeah, you'll see an affiliate link to it. And uh, anytime you click through one of those affiliate links on bartenderjourney.net through to Amazon, whether you buy that book or something different, it will uh, help out the show just a little bit. It doesn't cost you any extra. So let's do a cocktail of the week. And we're going to do the Brown Derby. I had this one on my menu uh, all summer and fall, and it was the most successful cocktail on the whole uh, list. So it's a great classic cocktail, Brown Derby. It's named after a old restaurant in Hollywood from the uh, you know bygone days of old Hollywood. So uh, it's a, a pretty simple cocktail. Um, I, I enjoyed it for the very first time at the Flatiron Lounge one time, and it just really... Uh, I was just sort of like, wow, I, I get it. That's that's what a quality cocktail tastes like. So uh, I'll, I'll never forget that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so the sort of classic recipe is for it is one and a half ounces of bourbon, one ounce freshly squeezed grapefruit juice, and half an ounce of honey syrup. So honey syrup, just like uh, simple syrup, half honey, half 
hot water to get it dissolved and uh, then, of course, cool it down before you use it. Um, but I came up with this uh, really cool variation um, of it. My guests really enjoyed it. So, and I thought it was, I thought it was quite good. So I used uh, two ounces of bourbon, one ounce of fresh grapefruit juice, added half an ounce of fresh lemon juice, and then half an ounce of honey syrup, and then I used uh, one quarter of an ounce of a grapefruit um, syrup that I made. So grapefruit oleosaccharum, which uh, which just means peel off the peel of the grapefruit before you juice it. Put it with uh, some just regular granulated sugar. You can seal that up in a Ziploc bag and let it sit for a while, you know, a minimum of, let's say, four hours or so at room temperature or uh, actually warmer is better. Sometimes I sometimes I put it outside somewhere uh, in the on the porch or something uh, or someplace, uh, someplace warm anyway. It makes the process go a little quicker, I found. Um, so anyway, add some uh, hot water to that, or warm water really to that, just to dissolve all the uh, the sugar and oils that have been extracted from the grapefruit peel, and it makes this delicious grapefruit syrup. So that's my modified brown derby. Hey, so next week I'm going to San Antonio Cocktail Conference. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've never been to Texas before, so I'm really uh, looking forward to it. San Antonio looks like a cool place. Staying right on uh, the river walk there, and that's where most of the uh, events are. And uh, so I'm looking forward to it. If you're going, please let me know. You can get in contact with me at, um, well, you could go to bartenderjourney.net slash contact and uh, get in touch with me there. That's a good way to get in touch with me. Or uh, you can do it on Instagram. Bartender Journey is my Instagram. So I hope you'll uh, reach out on Instagram. I'll be posting some pictures from San Antonio. And uh, But like I said, if you're going, please let me know and we'll try to meet up. That would be fabulous. So uh, also, uh, if you like the Bartender journey facebook page um so you know go to bartender go to facebook and just search for bartender journey like that page and i'll try to do some live video segments from san antonio so uh like i said looking forward to that a lot of great uh seminars and uh looking forward to adventures and of course we'll be bringing those to you in the coming weeks of bartender journey So hopefully I'll get a show out for you next week. I leave on Wednesday, a week from today. So uh, if I don't get a show out to you next week, uh, never fear. There'll be lots of stuff from San Antonio in the weeks after that. All right, let's talk to David Eden Sangwell. Well, uh, here we are doing a dueling podcast. Indeed. I like these dueling podcasts. So, uh, Mr. David Sangwell, good to see you back on, the, on the air. You, you were, took Indeed. a little break from podcasting, and now you're, you're back, to, back at it, huh? Yeah, and I've got an extra name as well. I'm David Eden Sangwell now. Yeah, congratulations. I got on married. Your wedding. Yeah, good yeah. for you, man. And, yeah, really exciting. And took the lady's uh, name. Look at you. Yeah, yeah, we went double-barreled, so it's all good fun. It's all good fun. All right. It's only fair. Yeah, I suppose so. That makes sense. <laughs> and you're, you took a new position. It sounds uh, pretty serious, what you're doing now. Yeah, I'm pretty busy, in fairness, uh, which is why Bartender HQ has been kind of quiet for a little while. Um, so I'm working with a company called Bidders and Twisted, um over here in the uk we're based in birmingham and um i'm looking after like eight beverage programs at the moment so it keeps me pretty busy um Mm -hmm. so a little quick rundown of the the company and kind of the history of it um we started in uh about 10 years ago uh with a bar called island bar which is a tiki rum concept um 
here in Birmingham, it's a pretty... It started off pretty small. It's now uh, over two floors, and there are some uh, really exciting plans for what we're going to be doing with that next year. But that place has got um, well over 100 different rums wow. uh, in stock. So that's our kind of rum specialist that we have um, over here. And then uh, a few years after that, they moved on and opened a place called the Victoria, which is a really kind of traditional-looking pub. On the outside, you walk inside, and it's kind of a triangular bar in the center, uh, mm-hmm. like a, f- three different rooms, um, all very uh, very much the same venue, but uh, each with its own kind of distinct theme. So one of them's got Sailor Jerry-style artwork on all the walls, uh, another one's got kind of bowler hats for light uh, light shades and that kind of thing. Um, so it's, that's really funky, and that's kind of our craft beer, um, cask-conditioned beer as well. I don't know how much of that you have in the U.S. Not with the, the hand-pumped stuff. Um, so that's that's literally you, you pull down on the uh, on the handles, and that pumps it up from the cellar. Uh, And it's it's live beer that's in these casks. So we have to kind of condition them for a few days before we can sell them once they arrive. Um, And we also do uh, quite a lot of whiskeys there. So Scotch, uh, American, Japanese, Canadian, uh, the the whole kind of range there. Now, obviously, I wasn't involved with all of this. I'm I'm kind of saying as if uh, I've opened all of these places. But no, this is is what I've kind of inherited. Um, The next venue that we opened is called the Jekyll and Hyde. And that's our gin parlor. So we've got, again, a range of uh, well over 100 gins. We've got a parlour, which is kind of like a a Jekyll's Lab style upstairs, which does a gin fusion food menu as well. Um, So we've got some kind of uh, gin-infused chicken, that sort of thing. Uh, A whole bunch of stuff going on there. Uh, That sounds so cool. Do you you serve a lot of different types of uh, tonic as well? Yes, I think. I think, uh, just off the top of my head, I think we've got about 15 or 16 different tonics at uh, at the Jekyll and Hyde. Um, We used to have a lot more across the different venues, and and we've kind of reduced that down a little bit uh, to to kind of a core. Um, But we have a a brand over here called Fentiman's. I don't know if that one's reached the US yet. Is that one that you're familiar with? No, not at all, no. So these are kind of green bottles. They look very Victorian style, and uh, they, they do a range, not just of the tonics, um, but they also do like a traditional cola, which is which is kind of fermented as well. And mm. they do all of this kind of thing, uh, like a rose lemonade with, uh, with with rose petals. They do a Victorian lemonade. They do all this kind of thing, which is really, really interesting. Um, but they do a botanical tonic, which has actually got uh, juniper and things like that right mm. in the tonic water. So if you if you just pour that, it's like having a virgin gin and tonic. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we use some of their range. Uh, we use a bit of Fever Tree there uh, and a few others as well. Double Dutch is one. I don't know if you've heard of that. No. Okay, no. we've got so much cool <laughs> stuff over here that you guys haven't. So. And, and I guess you've got the same. You've got a different range. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to compare notes later on. Right. Um, so after the Jekyll and Hyde, we've got Bodega, which is a South American concept. So that's our tequila, mezcal, pisco, and uh, cachaça. Um, kind of style of stuff and then we've also got obviously all the food that goes along with that Mm. Uh, we've got a smokehouse which is called Buffalo and Rye Uh, we have uh, Marmalade which is at the Birmingham Repertory Theatre which is so English it's untrue Mm -hmm. Um, it's very very Mm. English and that is a kind of uh, vermouth um, specialist so as you can probably gather 
every venue that we've got has got a very specific kind of drink style that I they suppose, look after. Yeah. Uh, oh, I want to go to all of those places. There's so awesome. little uh, crossover between these things. Yeah. Uh, and it means it's, it's, it's super hard to keep up with everything. We've got a place called the Rose Villa Tavern, which has got these beautiful stained glass windows uh, in the jewellery quarter of our city, um, where a lot of the jewellery used to be made sort of back in the 1800s onwards, and it is still very much vibrant with that. Um, and that's our vodka specialist with over 100 different vodkas available. <laughs> um, you know, so it's 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 really crazy. Uh, there's, and then there's the New Inn, uh, which is a, a, another ale pub. And then we've got two more bodegas. So we've actually kind of expanded the bodega brand now and put it into a couple of other cities. Uh, So uh, bodega is now in Worcester and Leicester. Um, Leicester is uh, possibly someone you might have heard of because uh, an old king's skeleton was dug up there. Yeah. A few years back. Ah, interesting. And so you're the um, beverage director of all these places? Yeah, pretty wow. much. So, I mean, the, the official job title is drinks development manager. Hmm. Um, so it's not a director job purely because in the UK, a director is somebody that's kind of uh, almost a stakeholder in the company, I guess. Um, so I think it's it's more of a definition thing. But yeah, uh, drinks development manager. So I take care of the cocktail menus a little bit of the training that goes on in the venues. I, I do like to get a lot of input from the bartenders at these venues as well. So it's not just me going in there going, right, this is your new menu. Right. Uh, we, we kind of, it's it's a, an organic thing and we, we kind of bounce backwards and forwards. Uh, and I'm also doing some, uh, some work with the design uh, of the menus themselves. Uh, also kind of training, a little bit of compliance training because we don't have... Uh, I think we might have spoken in the past a little bit about uh, sort of licensing of bartenders in the US. Um, oh, right, one, yeah. of, one of the things that I think um, we have in the UK is personal licenses, uh, which is the people that supervise their venues. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're kind of the ones authorized to to sell. Um, so I'm doing a bit of uh, towards Christmas now. Obviously, we've got Christmas coming up just around the corner. Uh, I'm doing a lot of stuff about making sure that we're not over-serving our guests, making sure that we're uh, IDing correctly and all that sort of thing. So that's that's another thing that comes under my remit. Uh, and then actually talking directly to the brands as well about uh, what they've got coming out, what support we can get for the venues, and making sure that our menus kind of match up with that stuff as well, the contract side of things. So it's it's a really kind of wide remit on these venues. Very nice. So how did you uh, land this position? I actually applied not for this position itself but uh the general manager position came up for the Jekyll and Hyde uh, the gin parlor and I went for an interview uh like an initial interview with the recruitment company uh we had a quick chat and uh she put me through to the owner a guy called Matt Scrivens who is his his background was all accounting he's never actually been kind of a hands-on he's never been a bartender himself but he, he kind of oversees the whole company. And because his background is uh, in the finance side of things, he's been very, very clever with the way that everything's worked. And it's uh, that's how he's been able to make this business so successful. Because, I mean, now running sort of 10 venues within 10 years, uh, and we've got more expansion planned for the next few years. Um, so I sat down with him, and he, he basically said, 
I don't think you're kind of ready for a venue like the Jekyll as uh, as a general manager. However, we're looking for somebody to take on this role. And he'd seen Bartender HQ. He'd seen some of the stuff that we'd done on there. Uh, the people that we've been talking to, like yourself and, and the guys over at uh, a bar above and stuff like that. Uh, and he said, this is, this is a role that I think you would be uh, more suited for. And I was like, I read the job description. I was like... If That's I could awesome. write my own job description, <laughs> this is what I would literally put on the page. Wow, um, that's cool. Yeah, I wanted to ask you that actually. If the if the uh, if the podcast and the videos uh, helped you helped you out to yeah, you know, absolutely, job. absolutely. And um, uh, so I, I came in for a second interview with uh, one of the operations managers as well as Matt, um, a guy called Jeremy. Um, we had a chat. Uh, I thought the interview was going terribly after an hour and a half. <laughs> And then they sort of started saying, right, well, we can't get you started this week because this, this, and this is going on. And I, I kind of gone, what? I, you kind this of want week. me to? Oh no, hang on. Uh, we haven't, we haven't offered you the job. I was like, you're going to offer me the job. Uh, and I got a phone call a couple of days later saying, yeah, would you like to come and join us? And so, uh, so that was pretty awesome. Uh, I joined the company. I think it was about a week and a half before our cities like cross city cocktail weekend uh oh. which was a bit of a baptism of fire so um we had seven of our venues involved and all mm. doing a four pound cocktail which i guess uh four pounds That's, i mean uh, at the time it cheap. was probably about eight dollars seven seven dollars something like that uh, <laughs> now it's probably about four dollars yeah uh, <laughs> because because of everything that's happened recently so uh yeah, I mean, we like let's let's take one example. Bodega is one of our um, uh, the, the South American venue. Over the weekend, we did eight hundred and eighty something of of that particular cocktail really? uh, in five hours while we were doing a Patron uh, food matching event on the Saturday night. We did five hundred and fifty of those cocktails. Wow. Jeez, high volume place, huh? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> nice. um, well, well, speaking uh, of cocktails, I see you you have one, and I, I can't let you drink alone, so I'm just gonna uh, go indeed over here and find myself something. Indeed. <laughs> I, just, uh, I I told you I was in the uh, diplomatico competition yesterday. The yeah, semi- absolutely. Semifinals didn't win. Yeah, how did that go? Didn't win, but okay. Give me a nice bottle here. Well, um, it would be it would be wrong not to open that, Brian. It would be terrible. I just googled cask conditioned beer and the first mm-hmm. result that comes up says in the first paragraph the only place in the world where cast conditioned beer is still commonly available is britain yes uh, we but, won something <laughs> <laughs> but i mean how much would people love this that's oh, it's, amazing it's, it's incredible i mean once you put one of these barrels on you've only got maybe three days to sell it Oh, because so that's the problem. As soon as you start pulling the stuff through, you're pulling oxygen literally straight into the barrel. Right. So you're pulling the air from the cellar into the barrels. Yeah. Which means you have to have your cellar nice and clean, because if you've got any sort of mold in your cellars oh. or anything like that, then the spores are going to get pulled into the beer, and it's going to spoil your beer. So this is very complicated. Yeah. It, <laughs> I don't know if I want to start this business now. <laughs> no, maybe not. Um, <laughs> But uh, but if you decide to let me know, obviously there's nobody in the U.S. that has this knowledge, so yeah. I'll be a shoe in to get I never my green heard, card. I've never heard of this, David. Never heard. Yeah, of it. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, well, I I learned a lot about it a few weeks ago when I went. We literally went to one of the breweries and they did a whole course on how to tap the barrels, how to do the whole kit and caboodle, how to maintain glassware. Does it happen where you have to? 
throw some away. Uh, I, I mean, it can do. Bad. I mean, we we try to sell it really quickly. Yeah. Um. In in our bars, uh, we kind of high volume. Um. So like, yeah. for example, the Victoria, which I mentioned earlier, is uh, we have seven lines of different cask beers on at any time, and they generally go within a day or two. Hmm. Amazing. I don't know so, if I ever told you this. I, I spent a semester, a uh, term of college in England. Yeah, I think it was, was it that? Culinary College? Uh, Bournemouth. In, yeah, in Bournemouth, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we, we drank a lot of... And you didn't of, drink all this stuff? We, I don't remember drinking cast-conditioned beer, but yeah. we did drink a lot of 20-ounce pints of beer. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, you, you should come back and see us. Like, I can't believe you're not coming to, to Tales in Edinburgh. You need yeah. to get some sponsorship, Brian. That's what I need. I need somebody. Ladies to... and gentlemen out there, if you look after a spirits brand, if you're working uh, with something really cool, you should definitely sponsor Brian Weber to come out and record a lot of Tales of the Cocktail stuff for you guys. He'll do a fantastic job, and imagine how close you are to all those Scotch distilleries. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to isolate that little soundbite and then put that Absolutely. out as a um, <laughs> advertisement for myself. <laughs> Make it your ringtone. I don't mind. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> man, it's it's always great to speak to you, and we should we should make this a regular thing, man. And you, my friend. Yeah, let's make it. You know, every few months or something. Yeah, and um, so yeah, you came to New York and 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 uh, didn't have time to see me somehow, but uh, maybe maybe I'll yeah. have to come all the way over to Edinburgh to see you. <laughs> Absolutely, and then we did we did make it to Vegas after that. Oh yeah, uh, so How we spent. That? Oh, you, did, you, did, you didn't go to Herbs and Rye, did you? We didn't make it. No, like we we had so many things we had to hit when we were in Vegas. We managed to see like five Broadway style shows in four days in Vegas. <laughs> like we saw Penn and Teller Fooler's being filmed. Uh, we saw Matt King. We saw Rock of Ages. Wow. Uh, we saw Britney Spears. <laughs> we were busy. That's fun, <laughs> and we spent a lot of time in Carnival Court. Yeah, you're a flare guy. Oh, we should we should I talk about that. Such a flare guy. You're a flare guy. I, I should have brought that up earlier because that's something we rarely talk about on the show, other than when I'm talking to you. You know, we could leave that for the next time. There you go. Perfect. We could leave that for the next time. That's a teaser, guys. If you want to hear about <laughs> flare, drop uh, drop Brian and myself a tweet. Brian at Barkeep Tips and me at Bartender HQ. That's it, man. Well, cocktail of the week, I've got a quick one for you, which is called Le Perian. So it is, uh, it's a godfather. Um, However, I made this with Armagnac. Mm. Um, One of my friends, oh, I meant to mention this stuff as well. Uh, One of my friends uh, is a rep over here for a company called Emporia. um, And they look after really fun stuff. Have you heard of Rankankan or any stuff like that? I don't think so. What is it? You need to find this. It what is, is a it? peach. It's a peach wine, mm. and it's it's flavored with uh, both peaches and peach leaves. Okay. The flavor of it is literally like biting into a peach. <laughs> it is incredible stuff. It's called Rankankan. It looks like Rin Quin Quin on the bottle. Rin Quin Quin a la pêche. Uh, ah, so have a look for okay. it. I'll send you a link over. But uh, my friend Sam, uh, who's the guy that I'm talking about here has created his own liqueur. He won a competition uh, with uh, Gabriel Boudier. Have you heard of those guys? Mm-mm. Okay, so they are a Dijon-based uh, liqueur house. They probably make the best uh, creme de cassis in the world. So this is kefir lime leaf liqueur. And kefir lime leaves are used in a lot of like Thai cooking and that quite kind right. of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's got a real kind of tea uh, edge to it. 
but it's incredible stuff. Um, and I'm sure it will be available in the US. I just don't know where from. Mm. Uh, and I just wanted to give a shout out for it because my friend's got his name right on this bottle. There's so a, uh, you know, there's a lot of opportunity for just sort of unusual um, flavors like that in a liqueur. Absolutely. You know, like um, a guy named Josh, he's a member of our um, New York City chapter of the USBG. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, he makes this wonderful ginger liqueur. It's called Bar- Barrow's Intense Ginger Liqueur. It's cool. Fabulous. I yeah. used it in my cocktail in uh, Diplomatico okay. uh, competition yesterday. And uh, it's fabulous. And there's a guy, another guy also in our USBG um, named Jack, Jack from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And he makes this fabulous stuff. It's just, it's sorrel liqueur. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great, you know, and it's just like nobody else is making it, you know. So like, and so like this stuff you were mentioning here is a, just reminded me of that. And yeah, uh, I, th- I think there's opportunity for li- liqueurs are kind of they're kind of easy to make, you know. I mean, I, ma- I make stuff at home all the time, yeah, you know. Yeah. I make a coffee liqueur at home, an orange liqueur at home, and um, I mean, not that it's easy, and and business is never easy, but you know, I think there's there's opportunity there with these sort of unusual flavors that nobody else is doing you know yeah but it's got to be something that like if you went to a liqueur company like they would be the only one that did it yeah yeah for a little while so there's like Priette over here which are a french company and they do some really nice stuff and they do like bergamot and rhubarb and stuff like that that not a lot of the other companies touch um but uh, you know prunes and that sort of thing as liqueurs um but there is very much there's kind of a limited market for them yeah, because yeah. as much as it's really cool to have these interesting flavors, you, you've also got to have people that want to use them. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Here, I'll, show you, I'll show you the bottle of the, um, of the ginger. I, car- I carried this backpack to the competition yesterday. It weighed like 75 pounds. I had glasses yeah, in there. I, I had bottles yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah. It, it was so heavy. <laughs> I actually ended up doing my first um, mixology comp-, uh, comp a little while ago for Sue's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. Do you it's, know that stuff over there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's cool for like white negronis and that sort of thing. Uh-huh. Um, but but you were uh, you were in the monkey shoulder competition. Yeah, but it's not a mixology comp, it's ultimate bartender champion. Oh, right. So it's like it's stock taking, it's tray service, it's a speed round, you know, 10 cocktail speed round in 8 minutes and, oh, man. and stuff like that. So it was That's, it was super intense nosing. So <laughs> like the nosing was the hardest round. Like you get 10 black cups with lids on and you have to identify the category of spirit or liqueur and then the brand. Wow. Just from nosing and you had like 10 minutes. <laughs> uh and then like a stock take round and uh yeah, the tray service round you I think you had a, I think that's a that's actually a great competition yeah oh absolutely it really and tests I know, your, your abilities yeah like the year before they've got things like um speed of changing kegs and bottling up fridges and breaking down cardboard boxes and stuff like that so yeah. it, was, it was really cool <laughs> but i think i i came second in in my city for the that's for awesome the yeah. challenge with that so yeah it was really cool yeah this, and i've got the, my conga shaker yeah i didn't get one of those the uh Actually, they were giving them away at Bar Institute. I, I missed that. Oh, okay. I missed that event though. But um, yeah, the, I think the competitions are great. You know, it really, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's a skill that you develop. So the more yeah. that you do, 
the, the better you get at it. I mean, it, it is a lot of effort because, you know, mm-hmm. you got to, I mean, a lot of times, you know, I mean, I went out and bought this and I bought a bottle yeah, of yeah, Diplomatico yeah. and, you know, I was, I was speaking to one of the other competitors and she kept track of her budget. She said, oh, I spent about $149 and didn't win, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. um, and it's, I guess it's smart to keep track of that stuff, but I never regret it. You know, when I, when I go to one of these competitions and, you know, even when, I, even if I don't win, you know, it's always a cool experience and, um, yeah, of course. And it, and it just, you know, and, and you have to talk to the judges and, um, and like, well, this is what we do. You know, we, we yeah. make drinks while we're talking to people, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, um, over in the UK, because we've got access to at least kind of distribution companies that are not massively spread across the country. So, like, if, if I was doing a competition for something that Sam stocks at Emporia, I'll give him a call and say, can I get some samples? Yeah. And he'll bring me some samples around. So I'll get like 100, 150 mils of whatever spirit I need. Some, some of them are good about that. Some aren't. But yeah, it's really a lot of work on our part. And, the, you know, they're like so generous, like, hey, you know, we're going to fly you out to Las Vegas or we're going to do this. You know, I was like, yeah, cool. But that means I have to take off like four three, days. Off. Yeah. Three yeah. or four days <laughs> off of work, yeah. which I'm not getting paid for. So like. I need... It's great that I don't have to pay for my flight. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I love to travel, so I, you know, I love of to course. do stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. All right, David. Man, I hope to um, talk to you again soon, and um, man, you know, maybe I'll figure out a way to get over there to Edinburgh, especially with your um, endorsement. Absolutely, buddy. <laughs> I would love to see you out here. All right, man. We'll see you soon, bud. Take care, my friend. Cheers. See you soon. David is a good man and has a brand new baby boy. Congratulations to the Eden Sanguel family. Uh, remember, if you're going to San Antonio Cocktail Conference, please let me know. You can get in touch with me at bartenderjourney.net slash contact or on Instagram at bartenderjourney. Uh, Twitter, I don't, I've not been using much lately. It's just, Twitter's just, um, I don't know, it's fading away, isn't it? I am still very active on MySpace, though. <laughs> All right. Well, the holidays have just passed. It's uh, the beginning of January here, so here's a toast for us. Here's to the holidays, all 365 of them. Cheers. We'll see you next time on the Bartender Journey Podcast. Here's two good friends. Tonight is kind of special. The beer will pour. Must say something more somehow. 